Welcome back to Finding Water, our podcast with digital transformation champions. These are IT leaders who have successfully led a digital transformation. And I'm your host, Lisa Wolf. And today we welcome Dor Jarofsky, a principal AI ops architect at ServiceNow. And Dor will share his practical advice on how he guides enterprises and IT organizations on getting started with predictive AI ops. Welcome, Dor. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, it's great to be here. And before we get started, I just want to say Predictive Apps is one of my passions. Uh, I've been involved in apps for years, and there's nothing more satisfying from kind of uh, than being part of that successful apps implementations and uh, by extension, the whole digital transformation. So, so Dora, in my Finding Water podcast, I've had conversations with CIOs and analysts and IT leaders who are responsible for driving digital transformation across all areas of the business. Based on your work and the work that you're doing today with organizations that are looking to transform IT specifically with predictive AI ops, how would you define AI ops in general? And how do you guide organizations to think about how they can use predictive AI ops to transform IT? Well, in a perfect world, most CIOs or IT operation leaders want to get the self-healing. That is, uh, that's what we call the uh, autonomous operation. This is, of course, has been the holy grail for IT for years. And predictive IOPS is getting us much closer to this goal. Predictive IOPS is transformative and unique in the industry. It works with the client's existing logs and monitoring tools. It collects data from all those sources, whether it's logs, metrics, and others, and it applies analytics to predict and fix problems before they impact users. So what's your approach to help clients get to what you refer to as autonomous service operations? To answer that, let's agree that autonomous Oh, to automation doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It's a step that's built on top of and relies on previous building blocks, which are uh, modernizing, then comes automation, and then comes optimization operations. And just a reminder, why would you want to automate? Because you realize this is a major building block to your way to zero outages and zero incidents. That's where your business is running optimally. And the first building block is modernized. We ServiceNow, we help our clients to modernize service on a single cloud, single platform, so they can uh, expand the services they offer. Uh, delivering this kind of great experience is the result of this first phase. The second phase or building block is consolidation and automation. In a nutshell, services and operations running on the same platform allow you to benefit from using AI, meaning AI-powered service operations. Having a single platform exposes your AI engine to all of the data that surrounds your business operations and service business services. In this second phase, our customers apply automation and AI to not only empower self-service IT without human intervention, mind you, but also to predict and prevent issues before they impact users or the business. And this is where predictive IOP kicks in. That's the second phase. The third phase 
of this journey ensures that our clients can support the critical governance role of optimizing people, processes, and compliance. This optimization leverages all the previous building blocks, and that's where you have the opportunity to reach zero outages and zero incidents. So there you have it. These are kind of the three steps towards that goal and why automation is kind of the key building block to those steps. Okay, got it. So when you first start working with organizations, what's a typical traditional IT environment before they've transformed it? And what is it like once it's been transformed specifically with predictive AI ops? Okay. The before looks something like this. It's uh, not uncommon for companies to spend hours and even days investigating and fixing an outage or, or a slow service. Just these past few months, we've had global service providers be hit by outages. Uh, just go to Twitter or go online and you'll see a bunch of those. It took no less than six hours or much more for them to come back online. That means losing millions, and in some cases, hundreds of millions during those hours of downtime. Or just as frustrating as having a slow service impacting employees and customers that never gets addressed because people get used to it, used to kind of running with those problems. And worse yet is when it takes kind of tribal knowledge of humans to fix these kind of at-scale issues. And I want to say today with hybrid and multi-cloud environment and data centers kind of stamped all over the world for a single enterprise and, and sheer volume of data that needs to be processed when outages or slow services hit an organization, well, it can no longer be addressed by humans alone. Humans can no longer scale to meet that volume. It's, it's a problem software should solve. And with predictive IOPS, I want to say an organization can get ahead of an issue and hit the symptoms before it results in outage or a slow service because the AI engine literally understands what a normal environment looks like. And it can tell immediately when something is not normal. Those abnormalities are one key to, uh, to the AI engine. Most AI, AI is, it's really not that intelligent. I call it like it's not rocket science. What do I mean by that? Most AI op solutions have to be told in advance what to look for that could go wrong on an IT environment. And then thresholds are set and, and patterns are built typically by humans uh, so or, or by scripting so that AI can flag the human IT operation teams to say, hey, the threshold you set or the pattern you created was just observed. So something must be going wrong. So think about that. That's not really smart AI because the human is literally trying to anticipate any possible issues that can occur in the IT environment. That basically today it's kind of hybrid on-premise and, and in multiple clouds. And IT environments are really complex. So there's just no way and, and I've been around for many, many years throughout my career, there's no way a human can tell the AI all of the possible things that can go wrong. 
which is where predictive IOPS takes the transformative approach. You don't have to tell predictive IOPS what to look for that can go wrong because it figures out for itself. And, and that's truly the intelligent phase of, of AI engines. Yeah, so, so normally I would focus here on the benefits or the value um, organizations are getting from predictive AI ops. But um, I want to really know how predictive AI ops works. And I'm sure our listeners do as well, since it's so different than traditional AI ops solutions. And it doesn't have to be told where to look in advance. Um, so can you briefly explain, Door, how it works? Sure. Most clients start up with their most problematic application that are causing the most incidents or issues, and they use predictive apps to study these applications so that predictive apps can tell them if it sees abnormal symptoms. Symptoms is, is key here, which typically symptoms happen before services start slowing down or an outage occurs. And our engine looks at all sources of data that we feed it. Hopefully we feed it all of the relevant sources of data and it continuously does something a person would have done only at softer speed and accuracy. The engine starts looking for anomalies and for opportunities to correlate behaviors from logs, metrics, and events. So you you could do it, Lisa, really, and I could do it if an analyst, let's say, a, definitely an anal a data analyst could do it if you had a couple of servers and maybe a few logs and if we knew what we're looking for. A script could do it if you knew what you want to find, but our engine is able to A, search for anomalies and correlation at scale, we cannot, and B, review all parts of the application, infrastructure, data sources in near real time and look for correlations. Any correlations between any part of the data that could indicate that the anomaly or anomalies are influencing, are influencing each other. And I mean, do you realize how much work that would be for a human being to figure out. It's, again, it just doesn't scale. You have the best team in the world doing this, and they would do it. It cannot handle the scale. And remember, we are not telling the engine what to look for. So the bar used to be very high. You needed data analysts to write R functions and math and script to be involved in scripting. And even then, a human being ends up deciding if the data means anything. Why not let software solve this question and make that decision? And also, once the engine is deployed in an environment and it's kind of a matter, I want to say, of just a couple of weeks uh, where that engine learns what a normal IT environment looks like. So basically, it learned what's normal. And after a couple of hours, to be honest, it'll start raising alerts. But the more it learns, the more effective it gets. And you can also contribute by training the AI model in the ServiceNow tools. There's a simple way of doing it, just like a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of feedback. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely transformative. Um, since you're not telling it what to do, you're not saying look for this threshold or that pattern. It's really, um, really breakthrough. Thanks for that um, outstanding explanation on 
how it works. Um, so in, in any digital transformation, one of the critical success factors, perhaps the most important, is getting stakeholder buy-in and getting that buy-in early and often. Um, how do you help clients get stakeholder buy-in to deploy predictive AI ops store? So it's easy to say stakeholders need to trust us. And by us, I mean the platform and, and trust the engine and trust what the engine finds. And this trust is gained by talking to them about how their teams can multiply their impact using our predictive apps as a team member data analyst. And this gives them room to be more effective at what they were hired to do which help the business scale, prevent outages, and gain predictive performance. Stakeholders buy in after seeing our engine either using live data, uh, they're given a week to kind of play with it, typically. Uh, we're even letting them inject their own chaos into the engine and see how it reacts. And, and people love it. And of course, we can also go using the uh, the other route of, of POV, proof of values, using their own data and their own environment. Those POVs usually take a bit longer, but have a potential to show initial benefits and kind of help decision makers decide. So how does predictive AI ops help IT stop being reactive and start moving into a, a much more proactive mode for the business? Well, it's, it's all about flipping the script. I mean, transforming operations with predictive apps is all about uh, flipping the script and overused term uh, that fits perfect, actually perfectly here. It's um, IT operation is set up to be reactive to address issues and incidents after they happen. By the time an issue happens, employees have already raised dozen, maybe hundreds of incidents, requests, and IT services are involved. I mean, let's say VPN goes down and shuts down for thousands of remote employees served by that VPN. Today in our work from anywhere, the world kind of dictates that this is a highly problematic issue. Without predictive IOPS, your operating teams are not able to really catch that VPN issue until they hear from employees in this case. But with predictive IOPS, there's a way that the engine would see the issue in real time and alert the operation teams before those thousands of employees are impacted. Basically right at the beginning of the symptoms that lead to that. In fact, this very scenario happened at ServiceNow when we were kind of moving one of our data centers to the cloud. A VPN server was shut down uh, kind of too soon. Predict ops caught it and it was addressed before uh, 3,600 employees, if I recall, were impacted. So Predictive flips the script because it's catching issues before employees ever experience a problem in this case, and before they start submitting a bunch of help requests to the IT services. And this wouldn't have happened before without kind of Predictive Ops. And my experience is, uh, based on programming and infrastructure and optimization, APM, application performance monitoring, it's part of the, that industry. I'm part of that industry as well. And that led me to the following realization. 
no amount of traditional monitoring is going to reduce your outages until you start looking at logs and start looking at the kind of unsupervised, unstructured data using predicted IOPS to try and find symptoms and anomalies. The best metrics in the industry haven't moved the needle enough yet. Predictive IOPS tools like ServiceNow is really the best in breed for that purpose. So, so how do you help clients get started with predictive AI ops? Well, the first thing that I ask them to do is analyze their tickets um, or uh, incidents to see where they have the most problems. So to understand what their kind of noisiest applications are. And guess what? We are introducing a tool soon created by my colleague, Eitan Chaimovich, and uh, that tool would... Uh, automatically scan and analyze their tickets. This tool is called Automation Discovery Report. It's coming soon and it's actually a game changer. Uh, It's gonna be part of a platform, I think, starting uh, uh, the summer of 22. And so that's the first thing we do, work on understanding where the noises are, where the biggest pain points are. The second is kind of with the understanding of the past, we can now define what is our main focus for predictive IOPS? Which use cases are we going to start with? What KPIs are we going to track? Typical KPIs are ticket avoidance and reduction of uh, MTTR, mean time to resolution. Uh, that's usually end, ending up to be the main goals of those projects. The next part is kind of not rocket science. It's assemble the troops, plan four to six weeks to implement not month, it's not a long endeavor. Install predictive IOPS on top of your ServiceNow instance, get a mid-server to start streaming the data and open a few ports for the streaming to work. It's technically pretty simple. And then the next phase, once streaming is running, we meet your teams on a short kind of meeting cadence every couple of days for the first couple of weeks. And we train the AI engine. It's, uh, we, we give it feedback. That mm-hmm. alert is good. Uh, give it a thumbs up. This alert should be muted or, or let's extract some custom data if we need some custom behavior. It's really helpful because after a couple of weeks of learning, the engine is tweaked to the purpose of your team and your company and your operations. And then it's ready and you can start looking at the next goals and use cases. So this has been just really interesting and so helpful, Dor. Thank you so much for sharing your best practices here. Um, And it's our tradition to ask for your favorite book as we close. Um, It doesn't have to have anything to do with AI or digital transformation. It can, of course, but, um, but before we close, what book have you just loved and what would you recommend to our listeners? Uh, It's funny. Um, I love science fiction and autobiographies. So for science fiction, there's Andy Weir. He wrote the Martian. I'm sure if you haven't heard, it's like uh, it became the movie starring Matt Damon. Amazing, amazing work. And his new book is called Project Hail Mary. Fascinating reading. Highly recommend. And also, don't judge, but when I heard there's uh, an autobiography written by Chelsea Handler, I had to listen to the audiobook because lover hater, she's a character. 
Um, great, great recommendations. They sound like fun. Uh, we'll add those to our finding water list. Um, thank you so much again, Dwar, for helping us understand the transformation um, capabilities of predictive AI ops and more specifically how it works. Um, and thank you everyone for joining our podcast today. And uh, please join us in our next episode on conversations with digital transformation champions. So long for now.